Hello and a heartfelt welcome to all our listeners as we embark on season four of the Family Twist podcast. I'm Kendall Austin Stulse, and my life's story is a tapestry of unexpected turns from being adopted as an infant to losing my adoptive parents by the time I was 17, and then in a twist of fate, finding my birth family through the magic of DNA testing in 2017. And I'm Corey Stolz, Kendall's partner on this life adventure. When we uncovered his paternal birth family's roots on the East Coast, I knew our next chapter was calling us there to mend the missing pieces of Kendall's heart with the love of newfound relatives. Our podcast began as a single thread, a narrative of my own, but it is woven into a vibrant quilt of stories celebrating the complexities of DNA surprises, adoption, donor conception, NPEs, not parent expected, surrogacy, and the myriad ways families come together. We've been welcomed into an incredible community with each guest sharing their own family twist. And through it all, we've found strength in each other. Thank you for letting us share our passion and these remarkable stories with you. The bonds we formed with you, our listeners, and the stories you shared have only deepened our commitment to this journey. Family Twist isn't just a podcast. It's a celebration of the unexpected ties that bind us all. Thank you for joining us on this fantastic ride. Welcome back to season four of the Family Twist podcast. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you might have forgotten the beginning of my story, but my father, Scott, got my mother pregnant when they were both teenagers and I was given away for adoption. And then he quickly got a second girl pregnant. And I say girl because she was not an adult yet. And and he was not either. And that baby was given up for adoption. And then he got a third girl pregnant, uh, married her and raised my brother, Chris, that you've heard from before. And you're going to hear from in this episode and my sister, Monica, Chris starts off the episode with a reminder of what it was like to meet me uh, six years ago. And then how he prompted our dad to help us figure out who my birth mother was and where she was and that sort of thing. We start the episode with that. And then Corey talks to Chris about, um, and I do too, uh, talk to Chris about finding our brother, Todd. The office where I worked had six desks and often four people were sitting in there with me at the same moment. But it was just like the perfect time. There was nobody there. I feel like I, I, you and I had a chance to talk without feeling like other people are listening. And it was just, it was, of course, amazing. And you told me so much in the first minute <laughs> of that call that I didn't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It must have been amazing. Weight coming off your shoulders and ev with every word I was giving you. It had to have been like, in your mind, you must have had a million questions and, and I'm giving you bits and pieces that are just checking boxes for you. It, it's like I said, it's such a different, I'm on the opposite end of it and I'm not, none of that. My questions are, wow, does he look like dad? Does he sound like dad? Does he look, is he as tall as dad? Is, does he look like me? Like there, my, my questions were more simple. What was his life like? But I didn't, it, I wasn't in the dark. I was raised I, I, by him. I had all of those things already answered. 
Well, when you and I got off the phone, still nobody had come up into the the office where I was. And so nobody disturbed me, but that office had a rooftop. We had a access to a rooftop deck and nobody was out there. And I remember opening the door right by my desk, going out onto the rooftop deck and sobbed for just minutes. I just, I was overwhelmed. Oh, sure. You know, just oh, sure. overwhelmed. And I remember going downstairs in the office saying, and it, people looked at me like I had just seen a ghost or something like that. Like I, I looked physically affected. And I remember Jamie, one of my colleagues who uh, was just fantastic. She said, what's wrong, Kendall? And I was like, nothing, actually nothing's wrong. This is like the most wonderful moment. And I, I just started spewing, yeah, verbally yeah. spewing, telling everybody who was, and they're all staring at me like in disbelief and they all start crying. To hear somebody say that, you're my brother and you're telling me the name of my mother. It felt very surreal. Right. Like I actually thought I was having an out of body. Experience. I, I, would, I would think you must have been yeah. like almost ready to pass out. I, I would have a hard time breathing normally. Yeah. And I, I would, I would be probably in yeah. a position where I need to like literally focus on my breathing or I'm going to lose it. Yeah. You know, that, that is, that is amazing. Yeah. I remember you being really polite about, I know they're not, you're not related to them, but do you think there's any way that you could help me find who they were. Mm -hmm. I think I can. So I called dad right away and said, I want more details. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. He was probably half drunk. <laughs> I said, does she have siblings? Do you know anything about her parents' names? Tell me what you know about her father, that type of stuff. And then he'd, he'd say, oh, you have anything about her sister? What's her real name, dad? Come on. He struggled for a little while and he came up with he goes, dad was not an Air Force guy. He was a Navy guy. Like I, I was like, I didn't realize any other branch was on OS Air Force. I, I'm just dumb to that. I didn't right. know. So I said, oh. I said, that's interesting. So I, I typed in her name, your mom's name, her, her sister's name, Navy, obituary, Arkansas. Yeah. I think that's what I put in is all my – and first hit – you knew it was it was a it was an, a, a, a perfect hit when you read the obituary and it referenced her name being yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh my god! I just found out who they are, where they are. Yeah. He has he has more siblings. We're going to talk about how you found out that you had brothers. I've referenced before on the podcast about there were bad moments in my life where. I got myself into some trouble with dad. Dad would hit me or whatever. I would get upset and whimper upstairs. And he'd always have some sort of sorrow or will to apologize and would come up and then lay down and say, I'm sorry. And mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. And all that type of stuff. And there were at least two moments where he said, um, don't ever forget you're my number one son. Well, it's just me and Monica. That makes no sense. Well, the second time he said it, and I would say I was probably 11 or 12, is my guess. Well, you do have another brother. And that just changed everything in my head. I'm like, oh my God, I have an older brother. He told me the whole story about his girlfriend and how young he was. And that they he had a son. And the only thing that he knew was that he was named after him. Just this thing in the back of your mind after that. You don't really put a lot of thought into it as a kid. Every once in a while, if something would ever come up about adoption, you'd think about it or, but the way he described it, it was in Arkansas. There's no way back then 
there was no World Wide Web. There was no way to find anything. So I just gave up pretty early on in my life that I would never find the half-brother. So Yeah, what could you do? Right. So I, I really didn't put a ton of thought into it for my early years. And then as you get older and then the internet became a thing, you start looking into it and getting you know, more deeply involved and trying to figure stuff out about, you know, quote unquote, Scott, which is Kendall. But before that happened, I learned that I had a second brother. How'd that come out? It happened after college because my girlfriend and I had broken up and I needed a place to live. So I moved back in with my parents for about two months. And during that two month stint, there was a phone call. And as always, my dad never touched the phone. The phone was never for him. It was always for my mother. And my mother picks up the phone. She's like, Scott, the phone's for you. He goes, what? Like, that was always like, that was never a thing. Who's like, calling me? Why would someone call me? You know, she's like, no, it's, it's Kathy from high school. Hmm. He's like, what? She wants to talk to you. He was on the phone with her probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes, which was a longer conversation. She's not on the phone with anybody ever. I'd never heard him on the phone ever. And he gets off the phone. He's white as a ghost. And he says, well, apparently I have another son. <laughs> it's like this really pathetic admittance that. Guess he, what I did. Had yeah. you ever heard of her before? No, never heard of her. Because you, you and, your, and your mom, Anna, they knew each other. Oh, yeah, they were friends. They were friends. My mom was friends with her. And they were pregnant at the same time. I was, they went to um, Unwed Mothers, whatever it was called, Unwed Mothers program in the town that they were in. They were both in there. There's some sort of support thing that both of them were in. At the same time. Because they're six months apart. They were probably only simultaneously pregnant for about five or six weeks. Mm -hmm. Because I was premature. So was Kendall. The one thing that after it all came out, is my mother would say, your dad always denied, denied, denied. Mm -hmm. Said, there's no way. Because mm -hmm. from my understanding is that they were only together once, at least to that point where I, there was risk. That's all right? it takes, Chris. That's, whatever the truth is, he he wholeheartedly never believed that that was his, his mm -hmm. kid. And according to her, there there was nobody else that it could have been. She, she was very confident. Did she say to Scott why she waited so long to bring this up? This is my understanding of it. I think she had a long-held grudge to stance at that age back then, too, mm -hmm. was that this is not my my kid. Uh, so she might have confronted him before, and then he, and like, he said, no, no, way, way, no way, not mine. Right. Disagreed, fought it, whatever. Yeah. He was probably already in love with my mother, mm -hmm. probably already pregnant with me, mm -hmm. and definitely oh. did not want anything else right. to get in the way, is my guess. Dad lo loved to brag about his, his uh, time you know, as a teenager and how many girls he had. He was living in the woods and it was basically a party every mm -hmm. weekend. He would brag about that stuff even when I was 13, 14, 15 years Oh, old. wow. Okay. You know, made me think that that was normal. like a normal way to try to be. He was clearly put into a position where he could not fight that anymore. But even though that was the case, he still had a doubt because the conversation was, she said, your son is coming up from where he was, where he's been living his entire life, where his adoptive parents live, and he's coming up to meet me. And I think he had, oddly enough, had come to Massachusetts his entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, every summer, I think he spent time up here. 
Wow. So all along, he was always within probably 100 miles. Mm -hmm. uh, never knew it. Um, I think he was combining his trip to see some family, some of his adopted family up here, and agreed to meet his his birth mother for the very first time. Now, how did she connect with him? Well, I don't know anything for certain, but I know that supposedly it was a sealed adoption, and she was not supposed to have any any knowledge of where he ended up going or right. any of that stuff. My understanding is probably, I don't know if I should say this or not, like that she, she made some claims about her health and that she really needed to pass on the potential hereditary oh. connection between her health and what might her offspring might experience. Oh. So they agreed to unseal it for that purpose. Really interesting because that is like one of the main things that yeah. we're fighting for right now with close adoptions is that these kids need to know. Mm -hmm. Right. They need to know if there's health risks. Right. You give up a child and you sign away your rights. Yeah. And deep down when you're a teenager, you're probably not really prepared to live with that. Yeah. Right. At that yeah. time, you don't realize what you're preparing to live with. Right. Yeah. So I think she had serious regrets. Yeah. And desperate. De really wanted to, meet, to see this okay. child. I, look, I have to admit, I would have done that or more. Right. Yeah. I would want right. to know my child. Yeah. Right. You and, do whatever you have to do to find them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's who I am. But. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the info we received was that he was going to be coming up from North Carolina to Massachusetts to the Cape where, you know, where he was conceived to visit family and to meet his birth mother on the Cape. Our uncle, Sean, still lived on the Cape, and it was about 15 miles away from where we lived in New Hampshire. So dad being a not much for any sort of confrontation with something he might find uncomfortable like mm -hmm. that, and B, he hates traveling. He doesn't like driving long distances. He gets high anxiety. I knew that his response was, I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. He was kind of trying to find a way out of it, I so what he did was he asked Sean if he could meet this kid and determine if he quite possibly could, looks like him, <laughs> where he could possibly be his kid. If he looked like me, he would say, he's not your kid. He, he doesn't look like you, Scott. I think he was literally painting a house and Kathy and Todd, uh, our brother, pulled up to his job site to meet Sean. And Sean had not necessarily kept in touch with Kathy, but had seen her around yeah. town and knew, knew her. They always had been, they knew each other in high school and all that stuff. So, yeah. Later on called and said, Scott, he's yours 100%. He looks like you, blonde hair, blue eyes, walks like you, even almost talks like you, has no ass like you. That's your boy. And immediately mm -hmm. he's just you, but bigger. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. is, what, is, what was Scott's reaction? I think he felt even more worried. I think he was like, oh God, this whole time, I never thought it. I just never believed it. I think he, deep down he really didn't. I think it, he thought that Kathy was just not telling the truth. It was really a big surprise for him, and I think he had to come to grips with it, and he did. I think by the evening, he agreed that we needed to go down to the Cape that next morning. So that was the plan. We were going to go down, and I think all four of us were going, Monica, me, Mom, Dad. I believe we even packed some stuff into the car. We were getting ready to go, and the phone rang. And it was Kathy, and she said, Todd does not want to meet you. She was speaking on his behalf, and I think my father was relieved. I was bummed. I wanted to meet 
a brother. Here I am. I never thought I'd ever meet you. And I just found out I have another brother. I got to meet this guy, exactly. you know? So that got shot down. And then that was it. If he doesn't want to meet us, then that's totally, I'm going to respect that or I'll never yeah. push. That was my belief from that point was I'll just never push. And that was it. I gave up on that altogether. You know, thought about him. Wondered how your lives were, what, you know, what you guys had for similarities, all that stuff. And always had you, you guys both in the back of my mind. Occasionally would do internet searches, trying to find adoption databases and, and see if I could find any information about either of you. Really not knowing much, like other than your name given. And I now knew Todd's name, but still really didn't know what to look up. But I, I never really looked for Todd because I thought his wish was to not be found. In 2015, fast forward, what's that, 20 years almost? Almost. Uh, 19 years later, I got invited by uh, friends, and Dad got invited to uh, go to Loudoun, New Hampshire for NASCAR, which, you know, for me was just about the tailgating. I had zero interest (laughs) in the race car part of it. All right, I'm going to be with friends and family. This sounds like a plan. Let's do it. And I wanted the experience to see what it was like. Yeah. And we had a great, a great day. It was just a hot, fun, mm-hmm. drinking. Fun there are a few beers, eating. few beers. Just a few every yeah. every couple of minutes. We had the ride home from Loudon. Uh, I dropped him off back at his place, and en route, we're having some good heart to hearts and stuff. And I was talking about his life and talking about how I wish he would slow down on his drinking and, you know, what were his, his regrets in life? And I said, do you ever think about your sons, your other two sons? And he says, I do. I think about them from time to time. Of course I do. I just wonder how they're doing and wonder if they hate me. And he was always worried about that. He was always scared that the two of you would come back and just bludgeon him. Mm. Like he just had that deep rooted fear. You mm. guys wanted to just kill him. Right. So the first one's name is Scott. We talked about you for a while. And I said, the second one is is Todd. Right? I goes, I think that's what it was, right? I go, yeah. And I got home at like midnight and after dropping him off and I got onto Facebook and started searching that name and typing in North Carolina with the name. And it came up with like 20 hits. I clicked on the first one and his photos were not protected. Mm. And I started skipping through his photos, and I go, oh, my God. He's a Clark. I mean, there's a couple pictures that he looks just like Dad. When Dad was younger. There's pictures of Todd when he when he's, like, in his 30s, and he looks like Dad in his 30s. Oh, he's my, this guy right here. I'm looking at my brother right now. This is, mm-hmm. this is surreal. Like, literally, I, I had no doubts. What but, were you feeling like? I mean, what, what were your emotions? I think Karen was asleep, so there was nobody to talk to about it at that exact moment. I'm like, holy crap, holy crap, this is my brother for sure, you know? And I sent him a message on Messenger, and I said, my name is Chris Clark, and my dad is Scott Clark. Does that mean anything to you? I thought, maybe I'll get a note back in the next week or two. And I think it was like less than 15 minutes later, he said, that would make you my brother. This was after midnight. This was after midnight. I was when we connected and we I think we I think we talked that night. If I remember correctly, we talked that night. Wow. Kind of late. Wow. Yeah. For quite a while. I think, you know, him learning that and you know, I think obviously that must have been pretty exciting for him. What was immediately relieving to me was that it wasn't true. 
that uh, he did not want to know us. He, he did. And Kathy had made the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. What did she tell him? I think she must have told him they didn't want to come down. And talk was he him. was he like torn about this or was he just like feeling weird about it or about me reaching out? Just just in general, just because after this whole weird thing, she obviously told him you guys were going to meet. And at the last minute, she called it off. Yeah, which I'm sure she could not have admitted to him. There's no way, because here she is trying to create a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And then if he was okay with meeting us, yeah, then there's yeah. no way he could have been okay with her saying, nope. I called this off. Why would, he, why would he be okay with that, right? I would not have been. She's the villain in this story for sure. She's the twisted of the twist. I don't want to say anything bad. But no, but we're not going to invite her on. So we talked and boy, he gave me a full rundown of his, of his life. And the thing I, you know, hopefully someday he'll come on and tell you about it. I don't think it's my place to say his story, Sure, but there were some things that, you know, growing up that he was yearning for knowing who his real parents were. Yep. And when I told him what it was really like to be raised by his father, I don't think he felt so bad about his upbringing. We ended up meeting within maybe six or eight months after that. He had come up for a wedding for his extended family. So they're all in Massachusetts or in New England. And, uh, in the middle of the reception, he skipped out to hang out with us for about two hours. We went to, to a restaurant maybe an eighth of a mile from the reception hall. And that was you, Scott. And Monica. Was Scott asking him questions? Not much. I think he was just in, in awe of all of it. And, you know, he'd say stuff like, wow, you know, that simple. Mm-hmm. I'm just really kind of happy you don't want to kill me. What was the look on his face when he saw his son that he'd never met before? He said, well, you're definitely a Clark. And I said, more than me. He goes, yeah, he is more than me. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How much Todd looks... Yeah. What was it like for you laying your eyes on Todd for the first time? Having Facebook gives you a really good understanding of who you're going to meet. So nothing was a major surprise other than like just the, the how big he is. Yeah. He's, oh my God. I mean, he's every bit of six, Linebacker. Two, six three. Yeah. He is the size I had hoped to be. We had a great two hours with him. He and I probably have one really good conversation a year. You know, and probably connect another one to two times a year. Mm. Other than that, we don't talk a ton. But it's not because we don't like each other. It's just because he's a pretty to-himself type of guy. Kind of like Scott. Yep. I give him a heads up on on dad's, let's call him his traits. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, that's good to know. Like, he's he's appreciative to know that there's probably a reason behind some of the things mm-hmm. he's experiencing. I hope we can get together again. I know at some point when we're empty nesters, we'll be making a trek down to the Carolinas. Or I think the three brothers stuff. need to get together. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. That would be yeah. great. Now, Kendall, Kendall's met Todd. I have. What was your gut reaction when you laid eyes on him for the first time? Well, I mean, I already felt, felt like a, a Clark, but <clears throat> Todd made me feel that much more. Did you see a lot of your dad in him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Stature. And just like Todd was very jovial. Mm. I found that about our dad as mm. well. Yeah. 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 It was wonderful. Big booming voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Filled the room. 
like whether he's trying to or not it's just it's just <laughs> yeah. a different type of de yeah. depth and volume to it right right both of them have that and i'm not that person well you know, so. but you know what your voice you have a deeper voice it's prominent right yeah i think your vocal cords are coming from oh. the clarks for sure everybody loves your voice on the oh. podcast they said you have a voice for radio. That's where I started out. 